0: Welcome to Word of Truth. This is Doug Presley. It is 4-5-2023. We're ready to begin our worship service this evening. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this time we have, and we thank you for those who have joined us. We are glad to be here. And Father, we, we as we think about the happenings that are going on, we, we ask for prayer for those who uh, who are on our hearts, who are suffering, those who are in pain, those who are grieving over the loss of loved ones. Father, especially um, uh, Gail, uh, Gail's family who uh, we're lifting up, especially as uh, her husband Kenny has had a stroke. So we're praying for him, we're praying for the family going back and forth to the hospital. Also, Father, we pray for Mike's family. We continue to pray for them. Uh, Surgery and different things going on in their household. Father, you know what they are. So, Lord, we lift them up. And, And in the hearts of those, we know there are specific prayer requests. You know what those are. Father, we lift them as well. So we pray for wisdom as we approach your word. These are important scriptures that we should take to heart, Father, and and make sure that we pay attention because this is what pleases you. This worship is what you have said is what is good and pleasing in your perfect will. So we pray that we will have a grasp through your spirit of truth on what we are to do as believers in this age. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 So we we have been studying in Romans chapter 12, as you already know, and we're in verse 2. We've been in verse 2 quite a while, and I don't make any apologies for that, because if there was a subject we needed to really make sure we took our time on. If you want to look at this as a series or how you, however you want to see it, this is important information about how we are to function after salvation. It is important. It is not coming from me from, from that standpoint. Yes, I do have a lot of notes here. <clears throat> but why... This is a focus is because it it is God is telling us what is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's telling us how we can accomplish that. And whether we know it or not, the reason we're in this world is because we want to please God. We want to fulfill his purpose for us while here. I know may take some coming around to it or people have to recognize it or there are a lot of reasons why we might not have the same thought but ultimately that thought is that we could please God, that we could walk worthy of the calling that he is that we have received Peter says that we ought to make our calling and election sure so we need to there are some things, according to what this verse is, it lays it out. I, I don't know another verse in the Bible that lays it out in this detail. So we need to just stop and make sure we pay attention. So here we are, and <clears throat> in our notes, I'll, we'll get to right where we left off. Uh, I know our time will be limited. So as we continue our subject of worship, Paul gives us more description of what God requires. We will hear from God in this in these verses about what we should be doing after salvation. God has a plan for our lives, and our first goal is to quote find out what pleases the Lord, unquote, that's Ephesians 5:10. We need to take our time with these verses because they describe the motivation for our walk so we covered, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's that phrase, uh, by the renewing of your mind, is where we uh, left off. We're in point number four. The spirit of truth is our agent in the transformation process. So we, we talked about... Uh, the twofold uh, purpose of the Spirit in our lives. I know we spoke about that uh, in, K- in, in, in 3K, which it says we have a guide to show and influence us to believe the truth. And in 4, this is w- why we just want to expand on it, to, to try to identify how and what the Spirit is leading us into and where. We can even talk about where. Spirit is leading us. So we discussed, okay, we need to, if we stop being conformed to the pattern of well, world, there's going to be things that we need to stop doing. There's going to be, we have to figure things that we're going to have to depart from if we are to please God. I know we could start naming sins and ways of the world that seem terrible to us, we could name all that we could talk about the terrible horrors of sin in the world but it's really more than that we are not just offloading things that we are thinking about, cultural norms and standards, it is adopting the truth it Is when the spirit reveals truth, we in humility must be able to see it and we have to begin to uh, throw out that which it displaces in our lives. So we, we were in this uh, point number four because the truth is what will cast out the, that which is in error or those things that are not true about ourselves, our new selves created in Christ Jesus. So point B, 4B, truth. We should define what truth is and is not for us. Uh, We have to have a definition for truth from this standpoint because it's something new. Truth for us is not the Mosaic Law. I know it's the Revelation and it takes up quite a lot of your Bible as you look at it. But for us, how we operate in this age is not according to the instruction that God gave Israel. Now, there is information in the Old Testament that is certainly valuable. It it goes all the way back to uh, creation, and it goes to what happened in the garden. So that is relevant information for us. We need that information so that it's truth. But the, the truth of who we are has been hidden in God. So we can't rely on information that has not addressed who we are. We have to focus on the information that's relevant to our experience in this point in time. So that's where we are. We have to define truth. And that is a good way of looking at it from the standpoint of what Jesus tried to do in John 14 through 17. He was preparing the disciples for the coming of the Holy Spirit. So we'll, we'll just cut, recover this, I'll go over it. We um, Let's see, point one is for all. Truth is the revelation of God, whether it be creation, Old Testament, New Testament information from the invisible God. So all truth is relevant. We don't want to just discard any of it. However, we have said this, the truth. All truth is not um, to us. It can be for us, but it is not necessarily to us. And it's important that we make those distinctions. Because it may not be directed to us, but it can be useful for us. But there is specific information that is addressed so that we can grow in grace and understand what God's will is for our lives, as we're talking about now. Point number two, we need the Holy Spirit to interpret truth as it is revealed in the scriptures. Uh, we can't, even Old Testament information is not truth that people would know. God is revealing himself when we talk about what truth is. Truth is what is, it is God's thinking, his reality, and truth isn't, well we're going to get to some of these points about truth, but just to note, Truth is is related to what God thinks, his reality. It's it gets more specific than that. Point three. To us, truth is related to the new dispensation. And we gave some scriptures about the new age, the dispensation we're in, and such, right? So it is important that we understand dispensations. Because when we learned about the mystery, we understood it was hidden from previous ages. So if it's hidden from previous ages, then we can't use the revelation necessarily to define our lives, our experience. We can't do that. If we did, then we wouldn't be properly handling the word of truth. We have to make sure we understand truth that is related to our experience, our lives, with the plan of God for our, our lives. That was point three, point four. since it is a revelation, it is God's truth being revealed, specific to his plan and purpose for all things. And we covered Ephesians 3, 9 through 11 here. I, we covered some of this, so I'm going over it rather quickly. Ephesians 3, 9, And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Now, that word there is dispensation. It's the same word we see in Ephesians 3, uh, 2. So, uh, the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. And it's according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we talk about the eternal purpose of God, it has not been revealed in the Old Testament. God has revealed information that is about the thoughts and intents of his heart. Never before revealed. And it's not just, well, what does he feel about this or that? It's relative to the Uh, The purpose for why he created all things. And that includes the new creation, which is the church. And it's only released in this dispensational. If you're not dispensational, you could possibly miss out on the intentions and thoughts of God. Because you could reject the Spirit of Truth. Now, the Spirit of Truth is the only way you can notice information. It can't be uh, arrived at by looking at Old Testament passages of Scripture. So if you reject the Spirit, then you can't know things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither things that have entered into the heart of man. These are the things that God has prepared only for those of us Uh, in this age so it's important information no doubt about it and and it's it it is of the highest uh, importance we must say because God is saying it's his eternal purpose it's his purpose for why there is a creation of the universe never mind just the restoration of the earth well why is there a creation for the universe for angels for everything God had a guiding purpose that he was trying to accomplish. It's not all disconnected or compartmentalized. It's all together. We just didn't know what it was. Um, But now we do. Point five. Truth then, as used by Jesus' preparation for the church, is new and exclusive. And this is what I've been saying. Jesus prepared us for this. If we want to know what, what... some of the dynamics of uh, this age is about. Jesus began to prepare us for just these purposes. I mean, imagine that. If you missed the preparation of Jesus and you just dove right in and tried to harmonize what was in the New Testament with what is in the Old Testament. And I've heard people say, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And they say it like, so that it rhymes, you know. But that is not completely all that there is to say about it. Because yes, in some respects, we find prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus and how those prophecies, we see how they were fulfilled in the New Testament, right? And, and, but that's as far as people go. They don't go to the place where they say, okay, so the gospel is the same in every age. So yes, Old Testament contains information about Jesus. It it ha- would have would, needed to have information about Jesus because gosp- the gospel cannot be a mystery. If the gospel is a mystery, then nobody can be saved because nobody can know what it is. It would have been hidden God, but that's not what God is talking about. But that's what people talk about when they say, oh yeah, see the Old Testament had prophecies about Jesus. The new Testament shows how those prophecies were fulfilled. That's only about salvation. That's all that is about. But when it comes to the new age, the new creation, the, the quality of life, the understanding of the eternal purpose of God and all of is involved there, the thinking about God. It is not found in the Old Testament at all. And people have used these cute phrases to uh, say that this is what the whole thing is about. And that's how come they come up with uh, reading passages as I just read them in Ephesians 3, 9 through 11 and assigning it all to a a salvation purpose of God goes so far from what it is. And they just kind of look over those passages and they say, ain't God great? Ain't he loving? Isn't he? But there's the wonderful thing. Our salvation is so wonderful. He's not talking about salvation at all in these verses. This is why we have to rightly divide the word of truth. So that was point five. It's exclusive information. Point six, for us, Truth is certainly not the Old Testament, so we've covered that by looking at First Corinthians two, seven, nine through thirteen. I'll just go over really quick. First Corinthians two seven says, "We declare God's wisdom a mystery. Now obviously, you know the context is about wisdom, but not the wisdom of this world, but the, there's a specific wisdom that he's talking about that we do have. And we're not to regard wisdom in this world or be impressed with the wisdom of human wisdom. We're not to be impressed. Why? Because God says he has something that there's a wisdom that was destined. Here it is. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Verse 7. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden. And that God destined for our glory before time began. When you think about uh, this wisdom, what is it? It's been hidden. It wasn't revealed in the Old Testament. It wasn't revealed through prophecy or any other type of form of sanctuary service or anything. If this wisdom that we're talking about, that is belongs to us, was released at Pentecost, when it began to be released at Pentecost, It does not refer to salvation. It cannot refer to salvation because salvation, as we already have said, is the same in every dispensation. From the very beginning to the very end, salvation is the exact same. So it's not referring to that. So if you don't press on to figure out what it is, then you can't understand what's happening in this age. All right, let's keep going. That was point number five. Or six, we covered. I'm not going to read this because I think we read it all last time. Seven, truth can be defined as the reality and thinking of God related to his hidden purpose, the mystery. So when we talk about truth, we might use it in a general sense by saying, oh, truth is the revelation of God. And that's true. But when Jesus is talking about this truth, and preparing for the new age, he is very specific about what it is. And th- we have to understand that. And so as if we got this new age, this new purpose, this new calling, this new dispensation, all this, some of these words that are used need to be redefined so that they, under- if they're going to be used, they're going to be redefined so that they fit the purpose that we have, not the purpose of Israel. Now, God does reuse certain words. For instance, he's used the word for election, predestination. All of that was used for Israel. But now God has taken those same words and has used them for the church. Now, if he's done that, do you think the church has the same purpose as Israel? Absolutely not. They don't. So, truth Faith, uh, salvation, well salvation is going to be the same, but our calling, our eternal purpose, all these words we have to come to define, especially, which is the reference word that we're talking about, truth. So Jesus prepared us, let's see, let's see, let them define what it is for us. It's according to the mystery. Point seven, no I'm sorry, that's eight. What may be objectively true to us is not the hidden truth. I think this is where we left off. What may be objectively true to us is not the hidden truth. I know people look at truth as honesty and what is evident in the world. They say, oh, yeah, tell the truth. And people say, okay, I'll, I'll I'll tell what's in my heart, which I was hiding. That's not what it is. Truth is for us that which is re- revealed by means of the Spirit. So First Corinthians 2, I may not have this in the notes, but it's a good example of what it is for us. Uh, in verse 9, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But then he says, these things... These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. We already said in verse 7 it was this truth, uh, this wisdom that was destined for our glory before time began. We saw that. But I wanted to look at verse, uh, let's see, verse 8. This is 1 Corinthians 2.8. None of the rulers of this age understood it. The rulers of this age, who are they? He's talking about uh, presidents, people in Congress? No, the rulers of this age were the Jews. And why even talk about the Jews? Because the previous revelation to Israel and for the world at that time, they were the caretakers of that revelation, the Jews were. And so, to reference, none of the rulers of this age understood it, is to say the highest uh, level of revelation that had been extant at that time, this information supersedes that. And they didn't understand it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So we know that uh, the Jewish rulers crucified Christ. So that's why we can identify, it's not Rome that he's talking about, not Pontius Pilate and uh, the, the Caesar, whoever was Caesar at that time. It's not referring to Rome, it's referring to Israel. So it's information that has not been revealed, has not been seen or heard or has entered into the heart of man. That's unique. That is the information that we have. Now imagine God giving the revelation to Israel. Just go back for a second to in time where Israel received the law. It was unique. God had given Israel information that was unique for that nation. No other nation had it. No other nation. I know other nations, and they talk about the law of Hammurabi and different things that they say, oh yeah, it's very similar to the Ten Commandments. In fact, there's even more commandments in, in their law. But listen, the, 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 the Mosaic law is only characterized by the Ten Commandments. It is replete with information about salvation. The milk of the word, spiritual realities of the doctrines of substitution, redemption, expiation—all the different areas of Scripture that we talk about of how to be saved was in the Mosaic Law. It was part of it. How the nation should conduct itself as the priest nation to God and all that was about the Mosaic Law. That revelation was not—it it was not given to anybody else in the world. No other nation had the calling of God on their lives, that God picked Abraham, he picked Isaac, he picked Jacob, over, and no nation was formed by God. It was unique information, it was the revelation of God. And we need to understand what God did in this age as the same thing, it's unique. Up to this time, nobody had heard anything about this revelation. So it's not just about something that's objectively true or you're brutally honest about something, right? Or you reveal things that make people cringe and people say, that's truth. That's not truth. Truth is only revealed by the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying truth used in the way the world uses it. Sure, that may be true, but I'm talking about truth as it is revealed from God's heart. And that's what we're dealing with. That's the subject. So, we're not talking about that. So uh, nine, nine. Truth defines a new dispensation, a new creation, and God's hidden agenda. So, Second Corinthians five seventeen. It says, "If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation." And that word new, never before seen, new, it wasn't something that was a new with reference to time, like a new baby or a new car. There's other cars, but there's a new car. No, this new was never before seen, unprecedented new. We are that new creation. So that is uh, the thought when we talk about truth. It defines us. It tells us who we are. It helps us orient to the time in which we live. And we have the spirit of truth to illuminate that information for us. So <clears throat> the only way, and this is that goes to point 10, the only way to comprehend this new revelation is by the spirit of truth. And it illuminates, and this is exactly what we saw in 10. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. And this that's first Corinthians 2:10. And and here in our notes, this is my point to say that this is we cannot get this information in any other way. There is no other source where we could find it. We can't look at old ancient civilizations and see what they did. We can't look at the Jews and see how they handled the revelation that God gave them. We have to be specific. Not only is the revelation there for us; it is detailed. It is. Uh, sufficient for us we don't need to go back to the old testament to supplement it to uh, to uphold it uh, to grab information so that we can look at and see how they live their lives and we can mimic it we have god's truth and his spirit to lead and guide us to where we can understand who we are first corinthians two thirteen through 16 says this is what we speak Not in words taught us by human wisdom or words taught but in words taught us by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. And this is information that we have uh, that we will eventually come to, in humility, understand and be transformed by. This is what we teach. This is what we're talking about. What are we talking about? Things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and people won't have a context for. But this is revealed by the Spirit. Notice, Spirit-taught words. And then it gives two examples. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So we know, there it is, the only way you're going to get this information is through the Spirit. So if you reject the Spirit when it comes to disinformation, you say, no, I don't believe that Pentecost is unique. If you say what we have been learning in Galatians about what the Judaizers were trying to do, which was say, no, we're going back. We think Gentiles should be circumcised and we think Gentiles should go back and observe the Mosaic law. That is a rejection of the spirit of truth. They're saying, no, we, 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 this information this new information that I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. We are not receiving it. We reject it, and we want to go back to the Mosaic Law. That's what we, sh- we think that uh, Gentiles should adhere to, false. So they will call it foolishness. They will hate it. They won't be able to understand it because it's only... Uh, investigated, or discerned through the Spirit. Fifteen, the person with the Spirit, meaning he has not rejected the Spirit, makes judgments about all things. All things are related. That term, all things, is related to creation. So if you do accept what happened at Pentecost and this New Age information, again, we already know that it defines the eternal purpose of God. You now have this wisdom and knowledge. Remember we already said it earlier uh, that this wisdom was destined for our glory before time began. So now you have this wisdom. And because you have it, you're able to make judgments. You, ought to, you will understand. You will be able to arrive at conclusions about human history, angelic history, the whole thing. You will be able to understand it because you understand the full picture. You understand the full revelation. In one sense, we could say that Old Testament revelation was only partial, wasn't complete. But when the New Testament revelation came about, people said, oh yeah, so now it's complete because we now know it's Jesus. No, 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 that's not it. People were saved in the Old Testament before the New Testament came along. But this New Testament information is here. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into man's context, the heart of man. So this information is what they reject. And this is the dispensation of the spirit, spirit of truth. So then it goes on, it says they can understand all things. And then it says, um, uh, the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but. Such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Why? Wait a minute. Hold on. Aren't we still human after we receive this revelation? Aren't we? Why, why are we not subject to merely human judgments? It's a lot to say about us. We have to understand what God has called us to is, if he says these things are about things that are not human, if I say I, the eyes have not heard, seen, ears... If I go through that again, if I say that again, those things are human. But these things are not <laughs> things that human beings can evaluate that God has revealed to us. So we're not only subject to merely human judgments, but we have now the understanding of what God has created and what he has made of us in this new creation. We'll talk more about it. 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Here it is, but we have the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ according to John sixteen fifteen? Christ says all this I've received from my Father. That is why I'm making it known to you, because it belongs to us as well. The only way we're going to get it is through the source of the spirit. If those if there are some who are rejecting the spirit, they certainly won't be able to know what the mind of Christ is, and they won't be able to be transformed by it, and they won't know what is good and pleasing as far as God is concerned. Let's keep going. We got a couple more points here to make. So that's that was 10. 11. The Spirit of Truth communicates this information to us through the New Testament scriptures internally. The Spirit we're, we're not going to hear a speaker with the Spirit of Truth coming out. You might hear you will hear the pastor or others in the body of Christ who talk about such things, but the Spirit of Truth operates on the inside of us. He's already inside of us and he communicates with our spirits like it says in Romans 8, 16, as we're getting ready to cover in the next verse. But that is an internal communication that the Spirit has. What's he going to communicate? You know, as we, said, we used the Santa Claus analogy, if we're bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. No, it's not that at all. The Spirit communicates the New Age information about who we are, the dispensation, God's eternal purpose, etc., That's what the Holy Spirit brings to the reality of our thinking. So it's not just about being good. It's not not just about salvation. He will enlighten us with regard to salvation, which we'll cover shortly. So uh, that's verse, uh, that's point uh, 12. So point 12, the Holy Spirit continues to do his work in the salvation of man in this dispensation. As we said, the Spirit covers every, salvation covers every dispensation. So that includes this dispensation. So there's two functions of the Spirit. One, he will enlighten us to who Christ is. It's like we read in 1 Corinthians 12. No, No man can say that Jesus is Lord except by means of the Spirit. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 12. You, the Spirit is the only one who can enlighten you to who Jesus is. And then you put your faith in him. So that's important. He works on two fronts. Obviously, he can't tell us about the deep things of God until we're saved. It's just like Nicodemus would have loved to talk about other things when he came to meet Christ. But Christ told him, first things first, Nicodemus, you must be born again. So salvation is a part of our experience. We have to be saved uh, or born again, as Christ would say. And then we can come to the full knowledge of the truth. I like First Timothy 2, 3, and 4 that describe both of those objectives. So 13. That was 12, 13. If you know the truth, it could only have come through the ministry of the Spirit. So just think about it. Whatever you know about this new dispensation, whatever level of information you have about it, whatever how fluent you are in all of that, which is your eternal purpose, has come through the Spirit of Truth. That means you have had that relationship with the Spirit. If you have rejected this information, then yes, you, you are, there is some danger in rejecting the spirit of truth. If you reject him with regard to salvation, you are not saved. If you reject him with regard to living the Christian way of life, who we are in Christ, then you will not be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. Point C, this is 4C, we're moving forward. Well, We'll save a little time for some Q&A. 4C, we need humility for the spirit of truth to reveal truth to our spirits. Romans 8.16, this leads us to believing the truth. Now, I gave two examples here, Acts 7.51 and 2, which is where the Jews rejected the spirit. And he says, just like your forefathers did, you, you do always reject the Holy Spirit. So it became generational to the Jews it is possible to refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into the truth. Now, of course, he wasn't leading them into the truth of the new dispensation because it hadn't dawned yet until Pentecost. He was really trying to lead them into the truth of their calling, who they were. First, salvation. Then, what it was like to be an Israelite. They resisted the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2.8 talks about how in Christ, when he was here, he humbled himself became obedient unto death even death on a cross so that humbling of self is not just for christ it's for us too in order for us to learn what our purpose is we're going to have to listen we can't think we know it already we can't assume that we have it all straightened out and it's all you know we got it all down it, it we have to allow God to remember. It's not what I has seen, what ear has heard. Expect something different. Now, of course, if you've heard it already, okay, you can grow in it. There's more to to understand for sure. But no, this information is coming by means of Spirit. Point D. While the Spirit of Truth brings new information about the risen Christ for salvation, which we talked about John sixteen eight through eleven. Where it says, when he when when he the Spirit comes, he will guide. No, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to read it. Let me just read it. So it's John 16, because I I don't want to uh, 16. I don't want to cross the two passages or two here. So eight 16 eight. When he comes. So when is the Spirit coming? As we know, if you follow this whole narrative, it is Pentecost. So this is a brand new ministry of the Spirit. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So those three things, those verses there, that just dealt with those particulars that the Holy Spirit will convince the world of are about salvation and the righteous standard of God. That's what it's about. Two things, right? About sin, because people don't believe on me, uh, because that's the only sin that's relevant when it comes to salvation, the sin of rejecting Christ. So that's all about salvation. When the Spirit comes, His ministry will include... Those things, but it will also include the newness of the identity of who Christ is. It will include that as well. So, verse twelve: I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. And now He's talking about the church age information. So, there you have it. From from eight all the way to fifteen, you have uh, the Spirit's ministry to us. It is as far as the two roles that he uh, comes to bring us, one is salvation, the other is this new age information. Salvation was here before, but the Spirit has new information because he identifies that it is Jesus and there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. And the Holy Spirit brings that information to the hearts of believers or unbelievers. So that's point C, D rather. And point E. How does this how does he lead us into all truth? This is important to think about. How does he lead us into all truth? Cuz we we're, we're talking about the renovation of our thinking, the renewing of our minds, right? And the only way it can happen is the spirit. And the spirit of truth is he's got to re- he he has to take this new information and bring it to our consciousness so we can make an informed decision so how does he lead us in all truth the spirit of truth reasons with us he reasons with us using the word of god illuminating it so that it is understandable and specific to the father's plan the holy spirit is not illuminating the old testament Uh, revelation to Israel that is not what he's doing he's this is new information about who we are in Christ and that is and not only that but the eternal purpose of the father this is the information that the Holy Spirit reasons with us about I mean it's not just here's the scripture but he illuminates that scripture and he tells us what it means it's not just oh yeah Uh, here's this great scripture that we found in Ephesians 3, 8 through 11 about the eternal purpose of God, the new dispensation, and so forth. And people, instead of following the Spirit's leading, they have assigned that to salvation. That's a rejection. That is not the conclusion of the Holy Spirit. The conclusion of the Holy Spirit is this is unique information. So we we he reasons with us about this new information so it's found in the word of god otherwise i couldn't i i, I can't reference it I, there's no scripture that i can turn to that says otherwise the holy spirit had these scriptures written on our behalf he had them preserved for us so that we could be reading them today And he reasons with us regarding. So it's not just, we'll read the scriptures. It's what do the scriptures mean? When we start talking about what the scriptures mean, now he has to reason with us. He has to take things that are in our conscious mind, our heart, as it were, the center of our being, and he has to show us how these things are relevant and the things that we may have believed in our heart are not he reasons with us about the Word of God. And this is an important part. Because if we're not willing to allow ourselves to be led down the road into reasoning, and I notice this happens with people when it comes to salvation. They don't want to talk about salvation. They don't want to reason about salvation because they just want to believe the magic words. Say these words, these are the magic words, and if you say these things, you're done. So if somebody says, well, what exactly do those words mean? How he, what does it mean that Christ died for our sins? What does it mean that he's not counting our sins against us? What is it, propitiation, what does that actually say? Are, so if he paid for our sins, are we responsible for those sins? I mean, there's a lot of reasoning that goes along with that. And guess who leads us into those think, that thinking? It is the spirit of truth. Now, he takes that same way when it comes to the new information. The the information that was hidden from ages and past generations, but it is now revealed. It's the same thing. We have the New Testament scriptures. They are written for us. And now the Holy Spirit takes those scriptures, begins to reason with us. So that when we are transformed, we have to throw out whatever... The new information displaces. Here's a one. You are not of this world. Jesus said that in the introduction of the church age. We're not of this world any more than I am of the world. He's praying for, the, for us. That is hard for us to understand. We could say, well, I do feel very much a part of this world. I feel I'm, uh, this is my experience. This is what I've done. This is where I've been. I only know this. Well, the Spirit is trying to tell us a reality about ourselves that is different, that is new. The only way we could possibly have information about it is if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us to this one truth. Before we recognize, before it dawns on us or we are illuminated, we will see it. right? And then we can begin to order our lives according to the truth that we have about ourselves. So this is point. This is a key point, point pointy, e, because before we get to this next phrase, and I know we're probably going to slow it down, is point number five. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So first point is then. It is safe to say that we don't know what God's will is until our minds are transformed. <clears throat> Obviously, if we're talking Israel, Israel told them, God told Israel what his will for them was. It was defined in the Mosaic law. God made it clear through the Mosaic law and the prophets what his will for Israel was. But what about his will for us? It's defined in the mystery. Things that were hidden from Israel. It's not a mystery anymore. We call it a mystery to call out the fact that it was not for Israel. And the information for Israel is not for us. So we can continue to say mystery because it shows that God did not reveal this to them. He revealed it to those for whom it pertains. That's us. So it's safe to say that we don't know God's will. We don't know what it is until we're transformed. That's what this says. Transformed according to what? What do we mean transformed? Well, I've been in the church for a long time. I was a deacon for 20 years. I was was in this church and I was... No, none of those things matter. What matters is have we allowed the spirit of truth To transform our minds according to the new reality. Because now we're going to be useful to God. Otherwise, we are not useful to God. If your mind has not been transformed, if if you are rejecting the spirit of truth, you will not receive rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. And that is the reality. So there's much more that can be said. There's, we're gonna to have to stop at this point. But we do have, it's a little bit of time, for, I'm sorry, but uh, we do have a little bit of time for some Q&A and I will uh, stop at this point and open the floor. Floor is open. Questions, thoughts, anything, any clarifications, anything you wanna talk about, floor is open.
1: Yeah, I just want to say that, uh, you know, we have talked about the spirit of truth before, and one of the things that we always need to remember is that, yes, it is through the spirit that we are reasoned with this information, and we have the opportunity to, you know, ingest it, uh, and he will insinuate it into our hearts. Um, but the key ingredient for us is humility. Do mm-hmm. you know, not, do not read the spirit of God, but, you know, we have to be open, mm-hmm. um, to these things. So that's a, that's a big responsibility. And I know that, um, you know, in a, in a lot of church, one of the other things that you were saying is that, uh, you know, people have these cute rhymes that the, uh, that the information in the Old Testament is concealed and the New Testament revealed. Mm-hmm. Cute things like that, but I find that, you know, I, I would use those statements in, in churches that I had gone to before, um, mostly because beyond a certain basic you know, um, understanding, and a human understanding, I mean, not necessarily a spiritual understanding, um, beyond that human understanding, it, it felt like it was out of reach. Mm-hmm. It felt like you had to be a seminary professor, just about. Um, mm-hmm. Where you know, I felt like confident enough to say to somebody that I believe the gospel, but if it was, I would say, "Oh, you have to come to my church and listen to my pastor; he can explain it." Mm. Um, you know, so, so there was this over-complication um, and, and, and it kind of necessitate, necessitated something easy like that rhyme that I could grasp, but neither of those things are the, are the spirit of truth. Right. So, um, once humility takes, takes hold, then there's, there's more information that is beyond anything we could imagine. Billy. Really.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for those comments. If you think if somebody told you I have information for you that nobody has ever heard or seen or could have heard or seen before, somebody said they had information for you for you for that, and qualified it by saying that, I say you should be on the edge of your seat to find out what's new and different. And if they just told you the same thing that was that you already knew, guess what you would say. Yeah, I, I knew that already, and uh, that's not new, I kind of knew that already. Whether you say it to him or not, <laughs> you're going to think that. But just imagine the dawn of a new age. This is information that has not been previously known, information that is unique about God's eternal purpose, which he has not revealed and it is our job just like it was Israel's job when they were called and they had, the, they were at the cusp of their dispensation it was their job to learn how would, how would we possibly know his good pleasing and perfect will when it was never revealed to any human being or angel it's going to be a a place of learning there's got to be a time for us to assimilate information we can't just say okay let's just get to work let's just function because uh, we don't know how to function we don't we got to learn who we are what god has done we got to learn to plan what's happening before we uh, go out there and try to make uh, inroads into what g- pleases god you know, often we find, I think, a lot of times is we forget that we're supposed to be pleasing God. I think that's the point. We have to recognize that pleasing God is why we're in this, not to please ourselves. And we're getting to those two phrases next week, and I think they'll be significant, but I'll pause. But thanks, Those are. that is the thought, yeah. Other thoughts out there before we before we wrap it up? All right. We will wrap it up. Okay. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll close. Thank you, Father. We are glad you have preserved your word for us. Even in 2023, we're able to... Review the things that are written. And in humility, Father, we come asking for this wisdom that was destined for our glory before time began. We pray that we are—we know we are the recipients of this wisdom, but Father, we want to be able to talk about this in detail. Reason with the Spirit. Allow him to take us to greater depths than he has already. Father, we thank you for this information. We pray for uh, each person here as we recognize that this is what pleases you. This is the information. This is the destiny of our church, of the church. So, Father, as we close, we pray again for those who are sick among us, yeah, you know the names of those who are suffering at this very hour. So all of this we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.